Hey everybody. So what you're about to hear is something we recorded a little while ago. This is myself, Jordan, Megan, and Sarah talking about the season three of Game of Thrones. This is a uh, special edition. We decided to save it for the week that we weren't going to be able to record. And the reason I am talking to you right now before everything starts is because while I was editing it, uh, towards the end, I realized we really started talking about what's going on in the books a bit more than the show at times. And some of what we got into was very spoiler-filled for what's coming up, potentially, because they are making certain changes to the show. Not sure if it'll come up or not. But if you're not reading the books or have already read the books, I'm going to put another little bit right before we start getting into that that kind of warns you that even though this entire show is spoiler-filled, that's why it's a special edition, that particular point you may want to drop out if you don't want to know about potential future stuff. I apologize in advance if I missed anything a little ahead of this, but like I said, while I was editing, there's a very specific point. I started questioning whether I should chop almost, I think, the last 20 minutes to a half hour off of this or let it go and and let you decide if you want to hear it or not. And that's kind of the option I went for. I also want to thank Maluka, M-A-L-U-K-A-H. I think that's how I've seen seen it pronounced or heard it pronounced uh, on YouTube a couple times, but I want to thank her and tell you to go check out her site, maluka.com. She allowed us to use her cover of Reigns of Castamere for this special episode. I absolutely love her work. I always have. Most people probably know her for from some of her Skyrim covers that she's done. I'm very thankful that she allowed us to use her, her song for this. So I'm going to start the show and end the show with parts of her song. So definitely Enjoy that and go check her out. And again, thanks for checking us out. If you have any comments or feedback, make sure you leave it. Podcast at allusgeeks.com or comment on the individual episodes, anything that we talked about, and or, you know, hey, let us know uh, what you think of having Megan and Sarah on the show. I know I enjoy it, so uh, we just want to uh, make sure that they know other people do as well. So if you do, please let us know. All right, so here we go. Going to get it started. Like I said, I'll give you a little warning before we get into the truly advanced spoilers, if you will. Enjoy. And who are you? The proud Lord said that I must bow so low. Only a cat of a different coat that's all the truth. Welcome to a special episode of All Us Geeks. 
Especially got, in a good uh, way. In a good way. Barely in a good way. We got myself, Jeff King. We've got Jordan here. And we've got... Megan. Sarah. That's right. Superstars with one name. Damn right. <laughs> and one glove. <laughs> they are back. They are back for this episode. Why? Because we are going to be talking about the season three of A Game of Thrones on HBO. We'll go a little bit into some of the past episodes. We'll probably focus more on the last two episodes and maybe do a little compare and contrast from the books. And I thought maybe at the end talk about what we might want to see in season four. I think that's what we did last time, too. This is spoiler-filled. If you do not want spoilers, if you have not seen the show, if you plan on seeing the show and uh, don't want to hear ahead of time, then completely disconnect from the internet, first of all, because <laughs> I think everything in the world has been spoiled like as it happened. But you may not want to listen to this episode just yet. You might want to come back later after you've seen it. So, season three is wrapped up. What did you think of the uh, finale, George? Well, the, the finale? The or finale. The, or what should have been the finale. Well, the finale. <laughs> Well, as with all the finales they've done so far, I think they're pretty weak. They're much better start of the next season ups because they're just positioning and, and, and getting players into place. So having Jamie finally get home, having Davos free Gendry, that, yeah, <laughs> could just as well have been the start of the next season. Okay. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, and I think they could have almost used that episode as like almost an in-between season episode just to tease people since we have so far away until mm -hmm. the next season. It would be nice to see that like maybe in the fall or in a few months before the season premiere um, and then just have ended at the Red Wedding, which they should have done because it was pretty meh. <laughs> like I was disappointed with Blackwater last season, so the, the next step was, yeah. There was I was already down on that because Blackwater was disappointing, but this this was clearly the Red Wedding was very red, and that was very much should have been the uh, the end of the season. Let everybody stew on that and the reaction videos for seven months. All right, Sarah, what'd you think? I tend to agree with uh, the premise that the Red Wedding app would have been a better season ending, and what Megan said about the. Last step actually being mostly set up and would have been a better teaser for next year. I I would agree with that. It was pretty uh, pretty much a letdown after all the bloodshed and all that. Although the whole red wedding thing is a little bit of a misnomer. It's more of a red reception because the wedding actually goes okay. It's the reception that kills you, literally. Oh, details. details. I hear the wedding really died after I left. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For the most part, I agree. I mean, you, you kind of have to be getting used to that for Game of Thrones. I mean, it's usually their second to last episode is like something major shocking or somebody major dies. And then the season finale is all the wrap up that they got to do real quick. I think the biggest part for me that I didn't care for out of the season finale is the oh yeah by the way there are still Greyjoys you know just the I mean it yeah. was just like out of the blue it's like oh by the way hey we yeah we we're a house too <laughs> uh, just little things like that where it was just like oh crap we haven't talked about these guys in a while throw them in for good reason <laughs> Greyjoys are wastes of letters I, I thought that scene was a good take on the Justin Timberlake Saturday Night Live thing though <laughs> okay. 
What was in the box? Dick in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Sorry, that was reaching. (laughs) No, that was good. (laughs) Well, we're not doing the comparison to the book yet. That was one. Oh, you can. That was one thing because wasn't what's his name? (laughs) Theon's dad. Didn't Balin. He, hadn't he died at that point? No, no, not yet. Oh, okay. You gotta, you gotta remember. You're doing the TV show chronologically. Yeah, the books were all over books the place. Books are crazy out of order. Oh, okay. He he keeps sandwiching stuff in as oh, and this happened in a memory because it happened a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess my other biggest disappointment is is it the last few? I think every season they've always ended it on Danny, like Danny and her dragons. It's like the first season ended with her, ooh, the dragons were born. Last season it was, weren't they flying at some point? And then now this season it's like, ooh, yay, there's Danny and the dragons again. I swear to God, they're just like, well, we spent this money on the dragons, so we got to show them. And I just... Well, as Sarah pointed out, it's not so much Danny as your dragon. It's it's all the brown people banged down to the great white mother. <laughs> Possibly HBO needs to review that. <laughs> well, you know... That's in the book, <laughs> and you know it's sort of the. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, at least she's not a teacher, because yeah. usually that's how that story goes. <laughs> she's trying to teach. She's just got a questionable lesson plan. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about what's kind of different. But obviously, uh, we're getting a bigger taste of Theon's torture in the show. Uh, and they they never actually say that he was they they allude to him being castrated and stuff, but it was actually um, pieces of skin, right? They spent more time mm-hmm. playing him, and yeah. yeah then, they so, like did his toes and his yeah. fingers, yeah. Well, wasn't isn't that like their banner? Is yeah, the flayed yeah, person? Yeah. 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 So not then, the dismembered person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they actually didn't send it to Balin. It was well, what's what's her name in the in the show no asha uh, no Ar- no yara yara is yara. what they call her yeah. yeah oh that's right so they, they actually they actually sent it to yara didn't they send a finger or something the skin they, they sent yeah. skin, skin to a lot of different lords. oh yeah that's right yeah they sent yeah. skin to a lot of different lords yeah because i think at this time of the books as far as they're concerned i mean it's not widely known that theon's still alive at all well in the books it seemed like they were just more taunting the lords and so forth and not trying to blackmail Balon into anything. Yeah. I just think they spent a lot of airtime on torturing Theon when mm-hmm. they could have been spending it once again on something a little bit more interesting, I thought. It took them a long time to get to Reek. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was... If we had to suffer through another Greyjoy, I mean, I really wish they'd stuck with the flaying and and the psychological torture more so than i mean the dude that's playing reese reese is no ramsey Ramsey. oh ramsey yes he just looks like a foppish clown hey hey leave simon alone i will not (laughs) i think he's doing a, a great job i i just laugh at him i get no air of sinister or insanity or any of the other stuff that the legend in the book is built around this mm-hmm. cruel, evil, tyrant child. No, this is just a dude that... <laughs> and then cuts <laughs> off your dick. No, I... I got... I got... Uh, he's it's not trying, sinister at all. He's, try, <laughs> he's trying to be dislikable. I, I know that, but I dislike that he's not succeeding to me. 
I think not that I could ever actually feel sympathy for Greyjoy, but I would have actually enjoyed those scenes more if they'd been breaking them down. When I actually liked it at the when they first interacted and it was more psychological warfare when he was releasing him and then he let him right back. I thought that they, if they would have done a little bit more on that, I think it would have been a little bit scarier mm-hmm. than, oh, I'm going to shove things into your fingernails again. At least that's how I felt. I just thought it was a lot of error time for such a minor thing. Yeah, I, I go either way on that. I mean, it, it's... No, you have to pick one. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's touched on in the books, but there's no great detail. I think the show is the place for that to work because of the vis- it being visual and stuff. But, you know, you, you walk a fine line. I mean, it, it, when does it when is it too much? And when are they su- taking that and removing really good parts of the book because of time? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's there's several things I think that they missed out on that could have been included. This is one of the things that they're using to fill that time. Well, I wouldn't say I I think it is filler, but I don't think they're using it to fill the time. I, I think it's filler because as I am well known for not liking the Greyjoys, but to reintroduce him two or three seasons later with the possibility that he might not, that actor might not be around, you know, the way that was done in the book. Yeah. They had to do this concurrently. And that works for me in terms of keeping the cast together and keeping the story progressing in a logical, because then you get into possibly a fourth or fifth season and we have flashbacks. And everyone knows I hate flashbacks even more than I hate, you know, <laughs> the Greyjoys. So a Greyjoy flashback would just be horrible. <laughs> but so they show a little bit of the breakdown and uh, a little bit of Reek. But again, the the relevance of Reek is somewhat missing because yes. you didn't have the background of that's how Ramsey presented himself to Theon in the first place. Right. He actually took the place of the first Reek to save his own life. And then weaseled into to Theon's good graces, as it were. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you, that whole part is missing from the show. I, I that's the oh. first thing that I <laughs> see. That's the first thing I thought too. As soon as he went, like, "Oh, I've got it. Your name will be Reek." It's like, no, there's a there's an entire backstory to that name that doesn't get uh, introduced in the book or in the mo- or in the show. But I can live with it. I mean. You know, again, it's what what do you keep? What do you cut? You and I talked about it a little bit. It's the fact apparently that... Apparently you keep the fingers and cut the deck. <laughs> apparently. It has a lot to do with the fact that they keep keeping them to a 10-episode season instead of even going to, like, maybe 13 or something like that. Keeping them to a 10-episode season, they do have to make a lot of decisions on where to cut and where not to cut. And I don't always agree with all of them. But I can understand the fact that they are being held to ten episodes, and you got to figure it out. But in that aspect, then some of the things that they do choose, you can be a little more critical of. Is because like, why did this get in the ten? Because it's cheaper. It's wow. cheaper to film two guys, one torturing one, than it is a hundred extras with CGI dragons. Now, a lot of people speculated <laughs> that they would not show. Rob with Grey Wind's head sewn on. They had to. I think after the Red well, Wedding, that, how that, can you speculate that that would potentially not be something that happened? I, I have to say, though, that wolf head looked a little bit like George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
photo. Put that out there. <laughs> Great. Yeah. We don't need that kind of media coverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that that was one sort of gripe I did have about how Arya sort of saw what happened because in the book that she see it in a dream through Nymeria a little bit how she saw that's how she knew her mom was dead because the wolf came upon Caitlin in the river with her throat slashed and that's how she knew because that's when she turned to the hound and woke Aria, up yep. yeah and she yeah. she yeah. told the hound my mom's dead yep I mean they weren't actually in the camp she didn't witness any of that well they were in the camp well in the camp but not inside the walls no I mean she she never saw Grey Wind get killed yeah. or any of that stuff. I mean, they they were long gone. When she never saw her brother's body right, no. with the mm-hmm. direwolf's head. Well, touch. yeah, but that's retro- just, retroactively giving her the motivation that she didn't get due to tea time with Tywin all last season. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't get to see all the torture. She didn't get to work on her list every night. So now, now the motivation is there. Now there's a reason for her to be looking and wanting to use the coin. I did like the scene where she she kills the the bannerman yeah that was fun. Um, oh sorry yeah which actually they kind of melded a bunch of stuff there were some things that we didn't mm-hmm. see because like her using the coin that was how she got out of heron hall originally right mm-hmm. was using yep. the coin and then it falling down and that's how she was able to stab that guard yep so there were little pieces of some other things that she'd done through the books that they kind of melded into this one scene which i thought was a really good scene minus I'm not big on the Hound being comic relief because that's just not his purpose at all in the books to me. So him... The way that particular line came off, yeah, it was a little bit more lighthearted than it should have been. But I believe his reaction when they started taking out people was essentially the same, only Mm -hmm. more serious. Just let me in on the plan. (laughs) Yeah. I rather like that scene... I was very disappointed this season that we didn't get, well, you know, they had to stuff Theon in there. So we didn't get what I hope is going to be the Hound and Arya's byplay next season as they work together to stay alive and then eventually she gets away. So, because, I mean, that was some of my favorite dialogue and some of my scenes from the books. So hopefully we'll get a little bit more of that next season. Yeah, I would. I kind of wish we would have seen more of Arya than that whole travel, and hopefully next season we will. Well, I think you know, going back to how they've added and edited and taken away stuff, I think now that we've had such a big divergence from the book in terms of what was shown chronologically versus how it was written, this gives them a lot more options for blocking mm-hmm. the stories in a more palatable way. They can uh, now concentrate on the storylines as they happen. I think they can now have like three, you know, a third of each app can be Daenerys, can be the Wall, and can be the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. It won't quite seem as disjointed. You won't just have Daenerys thrown in an app for two minutes just as a reminder that she still actually exists, though she serves no purpose. Because <laughs> they're really not... She's not my favorite character, but at least in the books, they, they're they giving her a lot more dialogue. They gave her a lot more dialogue, just both internally and with Selmy and, and what's his name, about her motivations and, and why she wants to do things against their advice. But here it's just like, oh, Dario, oh, take the city for me and I will open my legs. You know, 
you know, I think she's a weak character, but at least in the books, we got to find out why she was doing what she was doing. Yeah. yeah in the TV show, I think she's uh, just there because she's in the books, but they're not giving her anything that really makes her worthwhile. I, I think they're missing out on some parts, too, f- for her character. The unfortunate part in the books is her character is is very mental, like you were just kind of saying. You get into her thought process, and it's a slow... It's a slow deal because it's, you know, because <laughs> it's more of what she's doing and and how she's trying to do what's best for wherever she is, and it always goes dragons. wrong. I like dragons. <laughs> I, uh, she's never been my favorite character in the books. I speed read through her sections and click. Pretty much. And that's sort of how I felt even every season so far. I just haven't felt anything for her. Except for when she was with the Khaleesi and called Carl. Carl Drago. Drago. There you go. Thank you. But now I'm just like... (sighs) See, for me, I like her in the books just because... uh, Why are you the character that lives? Exactly. (laughs) I like her in the books just from the aspect of... I mean, she came into everything so naive. Now, in the books, everybody... Is almost everybody is younger than you see him in the show, so she's a very young girl. She's trying to do all of this stuff, and she always she tries to do right, and it always blows up in her face. And then she tries to deal with that, and that might blow up in her face. So I like that kind of struggling heroine or whatever thing in the books. You don't get to see it as much in the show at all, and I think there's a lot of parts. I mean. The, a lot of what she was dealing with is how to feed the people, how to do this, how to re restart an, uh, an economic system after I broke it. You know, all these little things that they're just not going to show in the, sh- in the show because it's more fodder than anything we've ever seen so far. It'd be the most boring episode probably we've ever seen. You know, oh, well, you know, let me go over the accounting for this, this city. <laughs> See where it's going to fall apart a little bit for me next season is now we're just going to have politicking on two continents. No, we're not going to see the finances. I imagine we're not going to see all the freed slaves and all the kerfuffle that causes. But the only point of going to the city, I mean, if they're going to keep it in a TV show, the only point of going into the city is to show her ongoing battle against corruption with the Mm -hmm. slave owners there. But we know she doesn't like slaves. So in the books, at least the city had a purpose for her to show that she's trying to do the right thing, but she fails because she's stupid. In the TV show, there's no, I think there'll be a divergence because they've got to make the city a point in the TV show. Mm -hmm. And for the books and the TV show, for me, her story serves no purpose. Yes, he's taking the long game. There's going to be a confrontation, you know. (laughs) <laughs> in six or seven books, depending on how big he writes them. But, you know, it's two continents, and they both have their own problems, and I don't care about hers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> I don't know. I I look at her. Both her and the Hound are, are kind of opposite sides of the complexity coin. I think the Hound is a good example of a complex character in, in the writing and in the literature part aspect of it. It's a it's a character that just when you just really hate him, then he does something that kind of makes him seem sort of human. But then he's rotten again, and he, he just keeps going back and forth, just 
on the line, mostly bad, but then every once in a while you, you see like what happened to him when he was a kid and why he is the way he is. But then he's just always in it for himself. So it's a good complex character. Daenerys, on the other hand, is a character that they're trying to build all this. He's trying to build all this complexity into and there's just no end result to show. And maybe that's just because she is so young. And if, you know, if you read the 14th book, you know, 100 years down the line or whatever, she would probably have that depth and that, you know, complexity that makes the Hound a good character. But it's just too early in the game for her. See, my problem with her, with the character, my core problem, my core, core, the whole, the kernel of my dislike for that character. Is the fact that the the actress has now said she won't show her breasts anymore? Or that's the rumor that she's the one that... I don't care. <laughs> That's your big problem. No. Don't don't lie. Holding out for the lesbian handjob scene on the boat. No. <laughs> there you go. Is in the end. See, he he moved very far very quickly away from how he started her off. He's try he's turned her into or he's tried to turn her into, you know, the liberator, the sympathetic, you know, I'm freeing all the slaves to help get my army that was taken unjustly away from me. But he tends to ignore the fact that the motivation he gave her was not her brother dying, not Khal Drago dying, you know, nothing there. Just they sent an assassin after her. And this is just a vengeance story for her. She personally had no interest. She didn't understand the politics. She wasn't she was not written to understand it because she was the child. She knew she was the chattel in the story. and But then everybody around her was le- w- w- was dead. You know, Drogo, her brother, and the, the assassin was there and then taken care of quickly. And it's like, well, what have I got left? Vengeance. Okay. They say I'm the queen. I'm going to go kill everybody and be queen. Yeah. But- and, and that is... He moved away from that to try to make her a little bit more noble, I think. But right there, you know, in that first chapter where he introduced her and sent her on her merry way, that stuck with me. And I'm like, eh, this is vengeance. You know, every, so everybody is vengeance and there's no noble characters here. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I mean... Well, you don't have to. Though, that's right. I don't. And I don't. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, her progression along the way is, like you said, I mean, she was just this, this young, naive girl that was being filled up with... This is where you came from, you know, and her brother, of course, wanting to use her for his gain and, and, you know, being known as the beggar king and going through that and then getting sold off to Cal Drago and then falling in love with him and stuff and being somewhat content in that life and keep going, going on. But when she gets to the part where the assassin is coming after her, she still has an internal conflict. Yes, I, you know is this what I really want? I really just want to go back to that house with the red door, you know, that we hear so much about in the books, but she's also getting surrounded by Selmy, by Jorah. And these are all people that are constantly telling her, this is your right. This is, this is, this is yours. Yes. This, you need to go back and the people want you. And, you know, just, so they're constantly, and, and you got to kind of take the assumption that, there's a lot of it we don't even see in the books. I mean, you know, off off screen, if you will, that every time that they're around her, that's kind of their purpose is to be like, you know, the seven kingdoms are yours. The seven kingdoms are yours by birth, by, you know, yada, yada. So I don't necessarily see it as 
strictly vengeance. And I think those two in particular used that aspect to their advantage to say, see, look, this usurper knows that you're the rightful person that needs to be there about, you know, and just keep feeding that whole thing in her where she was conflicted about it to begin with, but she still had that. This is my sense of purpose. This is something that's been bred into me, if you will, or uh, as, as I've gone along. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I kind of just want to have my own life, but it was always still kind of there. And I think these two really fed into it and built it up to where she, now she's like, yes, this is my purpose. Well, I just look at the, uh, her and Arya as kind of parallel characters, mm-hmm. but only one of them is honest with themselves. <laughs> Arya wants to go learn to be an assassin strictly for the purpose of killing everybody that's pissed her off. And I don't think Daenerys is as yet written or portrayed on TV quite honestly enough to her origins. To my mind, to which you don't have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else want to say anything about Daenerys? <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> That's all. I'm sorry. I just. <sighs> I will say she looks totally different when she doesn't have that wig on. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some cast photos from oh, it was on Winterfell, and there was a picture of the actual actress, and it was like do 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 all these people, and I'm like who the hell is this? <laughs> it's not Jane, you know yeah. what? Who? And then I actually had to go because I don't know any. I don't know any of the actors' names. Yeah. So I was like, well, who's this woman? Oh. And she has clothes on. That really threw you off. <laughs> no, see, there's... She wasn't wearing a handkerchief. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh... She was very well clothed. As far as costumes go, she was well clothed, clothed this season. But, you know, physically, now, she's not the one that trips my trigger in this show. Actually, none of them do. But, no, there's... Uh, there was a refreshing lack of nudity this season. And, honestly, I could have gone the rest of my life without seeing... Melisandre. Melisandre naked. <laughs> that, that really brought it down. She's the Red Witch or whatever that's supposed to be absolutely gorgeous. And Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. She's supposed Bad to casting. be. I know. <laughs> I know. You mean he wouldn't have done Gendry's response? Well, she was naked. Well, yeah. Using big words. <laughs> I've never been with a woman and she was naked. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, Gendry's another one I had to, I think I had to point out to Megan. That yep. This is not what happened in the books at all. <laughs> but you see, I accept this because I, I do too. I, when it first started off, the whole Melisandre actually having story, I was like, none of this happened, and it mm-hmm. makes no sense. But then they got it; they wrapped it all up into the little bow of throwing the leeches on the fire, and that is like in book five something that's a throwaway line at the end of one chapter. Essentially, this conversation they had in the in the season finale. Is something that happens later on in the books when he's up on the wall, where she says, "It was my magic that that did it." Yeah. So they have a conversation that happens like in three more books, but when they wrapped it all up into that, just needing his blood to throw the leeches into the fire, I was like, "Okay, that was a divergence that actually makes sense." And I just think it was it made sense from the point of like we said, they're they're in a tight ten episodes. Can they? bother to introduce another bastard child when they've already introduced one so instead of it being edric now it's gendry i can accept that uh, well they still have sam too assuming that he eventually does get up to the wall stannis i mean yeah they can have that conversation again it's a good compromise for the show and then they don't need to do the whole siege of uh 
what? That was the stone, right? Where he was held up. Yeah, the, he was in. Uh, where the hell was he? Where was that? Was Dragonstone, wasn't it? Was it Dragonstone? Yeah, so. yeah. You might. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, because even in the books, that stuff wasn't really that gripping reading. Really, they're outside the gate still saying the same things back and forth. <laughs> okay. I have to say, overall, the changes that they've made from the book to the show have been kind of okay for me. I There's a few things that I... Get out! Was, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I was a little disappointed, but like you said, with the 10 app the limit and, and all that and the budgetary stuff that I'm sure they have... I have to say, I'm kind of okay with it. And there was a lot of stuff in the books that goes on for so very, very long that <laughs> I'm kind of relieved that they're limiting to 10 apps. And I don't know. Yeah, I, for the most part, I am too. Every once in a while, something still bothers me. Or when it happens, it clicks in my head right away that this is not it. Yeah, and I it think especially it's clicks when Megan is over on the other side going, I got to reread this book. That. I don't remember this at all. And it's like, because it didn't happen. Yeah, I, that's our Sunday night. <laughs> if you don't remember it, it didn't happen. Yeah, the distraction a- aspect for people who've read it is definitely a, 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 detra- a detraction from it. But I don't know. But I, again, depending on how you look. That's a pretty big project to right. take those it, books and yeah. put them into a show. That's You have to go into it again. You have to have the understanding that it's 10 episodes those are huge books and actually they're jumping around they're they're all huge books and they're jumping around because the books themselves are not in chronological order they're in viewpoint orders um so they are hitting all these different books it's not mm-hmm. which is another thing some people are trying to read one book before a season <laughs> this was not, not the season for that to work out real well because no. <laughs> those people really went into this show going that didn't what that didn't happen in book three <laughs> after the red wedding my brother was like he sent me an email what the hell <laughs> and i'm like yeah well whatever you know blah 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 and then he's like well i guess i gotta go read the next book read then. faster yeah and i'm like no because he stopped in feast and i'm like uh, no, because at this point, they're drawing on, like, four books simultaneously. Well, and that's, I mean, it's not just that the books are long, but it, it's the whole jumping around and the timeline not not being, right. you know. I mean, this is something we've dealt with since season one, season two, really. I mean, because I remember the first time it hit me, because it was like, wait a minute, that was, oh, no, no, that's right. It's it's chronological here. That That actually did happen simultaneously. <laughs> It's just I didn't read it until a different book. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me the first couple of times when that happened. I was like, eh, wait, okay, yeah, chronological, chronological. That's right. Got to remember that. So it, it is a it is a little bit different just from that aspect, just getting into the show from the beginning after reading the books to remember that. And then again, like we said, the, the tight 10, you can't fit everything in and and, you, and let's be honest, you don't want to fit everything in. You know what? We would be spending like two commercial breaks if this had commercial breaks going over what they were eating that day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk about budget breakers. The food bill oh, would yeah. just be astronomical. Yeah. Craft services Terrible. would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but if they're going to introduce Manderly at all... Well, they're going to have to get to that because every scene with Manderly involves food. Yeah. <laughs> could solve world hunger by, you know, just rerouting the food that they'll need. I wonder if they will. Didn't they kind of replace some of Manderly's stuff already? He hasn't been named, and up until. Well, they haven't talked. Well, next season, he should be making his appearance since theoretically 
Stannis is going to send uh, Davos out to recruit the Lords. Yeah. So Manderly should have a, a show show a, should show up next season. And I mean, he was pretty important up at the wall in the fifth book. So they, yeah, I mean, they can change stuff around, but he's a character I hope to see. Wasn't that kind of a, that was a part where uh, Davos was trying to. Not up at the wall at Winterfell. At Winterfell, yeah. Davos was trying to save his hide and he said, you need me for, to go talk to the other lords. (laughs) Considering the entire thing with Davos is that none of the other lords care for him because of how he was raised up. Yeah. (laughs) And they actually did touch on that a bit in the show Mm -hmm. early on. So it was kind of a weird, yeah, you're right. I, I, I gotta say too, I I am not overly thrilled with two characters, their portrayals in the in the show, for the most part. Oh, I, I I can't say that. I I like them to a point, but they seem to stray. But for me, Stannis has come off a little different than he does in the in the books. Stannis is more. He's just not the straight and narrow this is how it is character that you get to me in the books i mean there's too much of this like when he was like affectionate with melisandre for a while and please don't leave me kind of thing at that one point and again the whole sex scene with her was ridiculous to me last season and gross he's one of the characters that bothers me because he doesn't quite fit what i think was portrayed in the books well See, he grew on me this season. He's not quite the stern, as stern as he is in the books, but I think the actor has done a better job with what he's been given. Yeah, I, I think the actor's doing a great job, and I think the character overall is is good, but there's just he he's just off enough from the books that I kind of I kind of meh about it. And then the other one for me is Littlefinger. Littlefinger is too direct and too in your face about what the hell he's doing. Like going up to Sansa and telling her, like Sansa has no idea Littlefinger is even involved in her potential escape up until she like gets on the boat or whatever or gets there. Well, yeah, but they had to do that because they cut out Dantos. Dantos, yeah. But oh, yeah. luckily, I because I was not looking forward to seeing that. that play out on TV. <laughs> but I think they've done that even with Ver- Varys, too. Like, when he went up and directly yes. gave the money to... What's well, that, her name? And that then, never like, happened. Well, that, but like he was like, oh, and this is the plan. I mean, yeah. essentially. And I just thought, no. Foreshadowing. Yeah. It's like, nobody <laughs> knew they were doing that in the background no. at all. Cause, no. Well, Varys did. Because initially... Because Tyrion Tyrone did ask Varys <laughs> to get her into a good whorehouse, I think, initially. Yeah, yeah, uh, there was some Yeah, uh, Shay. Shay, yeah. Right. So Tyr- he, Varys does know uh, in the book, so that's acceptable. But And this route, I mean, as far as things go, I guess I think that was just trying to be more appealing on TV than having, hey, no, I, I know this great house of ill repute where you'll be. You'll be well treated. (laughs) My my whole thing, and I think I said it last season too. I just don't like little little finger is not little finger to me anymore. He's a completely different character. He's not the I'm better than everybody else. I'm five steps ahead of everybody, and you have no idea I'm even in the game until it's too late. Character. He's very much way too direct. Like the whole kind of threatening Cersei in front of guards thing last season, this whole thing this season, it just, 
Littlefinger is off to me. At first, I liked the actor and him portraying Littlefinger, but then when they started taking those kind of leaps with him, it's just that's to me is the essence of what Littlefinger is in the books. So I have a hard time with it. Yes, but luckily he had almost no screen time this year. That's true. Where he, did he go? He was well. He, he was probably off teleporting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. We, I'm surprised we can't rewatch it and see him somewhere where Daenerys is in the background. Just kind of pop just over somebody's everywhere. You know when they were when they were giving her the uh, the ride. The walker. You see you see him in the crowd at the rave when they're doing her over over their crowd heads. Surfing. <laughs> yeah, when she was oh, crowd surfing. That's funny. Well, I don't know. Apparently, uh, Jamie and Brienne used that teleportation system too because all of a sudden they were at what Heron Hall and then. In a blink of the eye, there in the city, which I again I'm not remembering the book, but I don't remember Jamie being back in the city before the kid gets married. Joffrey, he wasn't. He wasn't. Okay, there we go. No, no he wasn't. And the best part of any Lannister is Jamie's rehab, and they totally cut out the whole road yeah. where yeah. where he starts to realize he's actually human and not just a Lannister. Well, when he went back for Brienne, they kind of, I mean, they, well, they yeah, compressed it pretty tight. But, well, and but, there was a whole, their relationship, I didn't think it got enough screen time to build yeah. that up for where it's going to be going in the future. Because all of a sudden, you know, he went back and rescued her, whoopee to do told the truth about the uh, Mad King, which I thought came a lot later. And it, then, it did, and it came in... in- parts smaller okay it wasn't all like here's my entire story with the mad king and it actually happened a little bit different in in the books too and then all of a sudden they're back in the city and which i think is going to be interesting coming on because where it goes with Tyrion, especially is if if jamie's actually in the city witnessing what's going on with Tyrion, is the later issue between them not going to be the same because before it was you know, Jamie comes in and Tyrion has allegedly done all this stuff, which is coming in the future, and he just can't believe that Tyrion did it. And then eventually Tyrion just goes, you know, Jamie, I can't believe you're not trusting me. And then they have a, a falling out. Whereas now, with Jamie in the city actually witnessing what's going on with Tyrion, I don't know how that's going to play out a little bit, or um, if Jamie's going to be more defensive against Tyrion, against his father. But that's like jumping. My guess is that's going to probably be the season ender for next year. Joffrey's wedding and everything. But I'm so going, disappointed. I'm jumping way ahead there. So disappointed that Joffrey is still. <laughs> oh, he'll get hit. Single? I know. You're yeah, that too. Still yeah, yep, that's it. I plan on serving his head at her wedding. <laughs> uh, well, see, now he. He was joking. Plays no, no, I wasn't. <laughs> an evil bastard pretty darn well. Yeah, I do, li- I, I do like, Joff- I do like Joffrey's great. character. I think that's playing out really well. I mean, even just like the little, the over eager grin he gets when somebody's about to deliver bad news to like Tyrion and stuff. He's just like, hey, yeah, tell him, tell him, tell him. <laughs> this is going to be great. He's a perfect psychopath. Yeah, he really is. is. I mean, and that's that's probably part of the reason they're not in any big hurry to hasten his vows. Yes, because he's much uh, in the books. He was just he was you knew he was the pawn, and mm-hmm. they he was spoiled, but you knew he was the pawn. Here, he's actually leading a really or uh, doing a really good job of being a distasteful and dislikable character on the screen, such that when we get to his wedding. 
I, I want people to fire up the videos for the people that haven't read the books when <laughs> we get to his wedding, too, to, yeah. to see what those reactions are going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly Raise the roof! <laughs> you kind of touched a little bit on, on one thing I, w- I wanted to talk about, and that's the butterfly effects that they're actually creating now now we talked about how they made some small divergences and say like season one and they were going to have to deal with butterfly effects eventually this season they created at least three or four that i'm aware of and they create i mean it was completely their own creation so it's going to be interesting to see how how they deal with that one of them of course being rob stark's wife wasn't at the wedding and so she's actually still alive Mm -hmm out there and we actually don't know if she's pregnant or not in the books um i think it was it wasn't definitely i don't think anything was told to him if she was before he went to the wedding just to make sure he didn't have focus on it well i think there's some rumor out there that she had taken what's that drink like the moon drink or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And but I think everybody's moon sort of tea. going, Oh, that's the rumor. Wink wink. So I, I, I mean I think it's sort of alleged that she might be pregnant, mm-hmm. but I don't I mean But she's very much still alive. Oh yeah. In the books. Mm-hmm. Isn't she with at River Run? With the blackfish? Uh, no. Is that no? I think she's captured somewhere. She's a prisoner somewhere. I thought. Okay. She was given a quick ending. Well, not death, but <laughs> and and this is what happened to her. But she, I don't remember what it was, and she's not been mentioned since. Yeah, they've moved on from that. Kind of like Gendry in the books. It just kind of yeah, you're right. Fades off. Yeah, Gendry just kind of joined the Brotherhood as a blacksmith mm-hmm. and was done. Mm-hmm. At least for for uh, now, as far as we know. cold hands i'm very disappointed that they left out cold hands and they just said sam knows this because he read it (laughs) so i mean depending on i mean maybe maybe they're aware maybe cold hands is one of these maybe he's the bubba fett of the series (laughs) he's not really gonna have a whole lot of time going forward but he's like a fan favorite I really hope he does get more in the books, but then it'll be interesting because now they're going to have to find a way to introduce him at some point, which probably won't be too hard since they're doing a lot of, you know, Stannis will hopefully eventually go to the wall here. and they're. I'm still expecting that reveal to be that he's Benjamin. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And I think that's maybe <laughs> why they didn't do cold hands yet. They're sort of holding that close to the chest and have we'll have him come back at some point because mm-hmm. isn't cold hands didn't, didn't after Sam bring Brian and the kids to? Didn't he re- bring him back to Cold Hands so that Cold Hands could bring him across the wall? Because I, I yes, yeah, I think Cold Thank Hands you. ventured yes. with them for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he led them. So I'm wondering if they're not gonna maybe when Bran and them are crossing over, they'll reintroduce meet Cold Hands. Yeah, kind of like Benjen. they did Jojen and yeah, and Mary where they. No, there's disappointment for me. <laughs> oh boy. No, just just in general. You know, we talk about what we expect from the actors and the casting and the costumes. These people did not look like reeds. Right. You know, they were not the poor, downtrodden half-lords that have the castles that move and they live in the swamps and they have green eyes and, blah, yeah. and scales and whatnot. But, no, they didn't have scales in the books, I know. But they <laughs> they were just very much... Normal people. And that's not the impression at all I got from them in the books. Yeah. And that's actually like one of the things I think some people have pointed out too is like when she's hunting and stuff, she she goes out and hunts rabbit and all that stuff. But in the books, she's not very much, well, we know about frogs and yada, you know, it's just she's always bringing back frogs. And it's, 
you know, of all the things that George loves for these people to eat, frog is taboo. <laughs> frog is like, no, nobody would ever eat frog. That's why their teeth are green and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they seemed. I was not expecting them to be as well dressed as they have been. Yeah. The book kind of makes them sound almost like fairy folk. And, yeah. You know, you just expect them to be a little more ethereal or something. <laughs> and I always thought the one guy was, the brother was sort of sickly. Yeah. yeah very and much so small. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I just was like, it's this tall kid who's just like, you know, yeah. I just am like, why does he have a sister to protect him? But because mm-hmm. that's pretty much her role is mm-hmm. to really keep him safe. And, yep. but overall, I didn't mind that character at all i think there was some questionable dialogue with with bran though on the last couple laps was it last app where they they decided they were going to split up and rickon's like but i want to go to the wall with you and bran with a straight face says she was very upset about that too apparently sorry and uh, that we're not mentioning the dire wolves either she's really upset about they die oh <laughs> The kid that is a paraplegic and needs a big dude to carry him around looks at the fully able-bodied, if not young, child and says, Beyond the Wall is not a place for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, true, but you can't walk. (laughs) If Hodor goes down, you can't walk. They retconned the lack of salt and bread Mm -hmm. with the vengeance tale. Uh, yes. that brand said and I mean I would have much rather seen salt and bread but at least this was a good way of bringing it back to Frey yeah. and showing how much of a traitor he really was yeah. when I think that really sets up as to possible what's going to happen with the phrase hmm. is it's like because now everybody's like oh yeah that's right they ate salt and bread before oh they're going to get it like that rat king did or whatever <laughs> yeah, I don't but I don't know if that association was well made really <laughs> i i'm really uh, that is one of my big disappointments again that we talked about it before but for this episode it's the fact that they cut the salt and bread thing from when uh, they show up at the phrase place and how much that cat begged for that to get make sure they had protection while they were under his roof i don't think that would have cost them anything to include and would have just made that that whole scene that much better. I'm still really disappointed that that's the route they went with that scene. We're really harping on this season. There <laughs> no, was some I good think things. There was a lot of good things. <laughs> I mean, overall, I thought it was a fairly enjoyable season. As always, too much Daenerys, but I think it progressed all the characters well. And the way they in- inserted stuff that happens in later books, like I said, I think it blocks stuff up better for them or put stuff in better blocks for them for going into a fourth season, which some people said wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was an enjoyable season. The stories that I were expect, not all the stories that I expected to see happened, but the core stories, especially the Red Wedding. You know, I think the Red Wedding was, as as a set of scenes, was really well done. And, uh, you know, the and then with last week's ups, you know, you get to see Walter Frey in full dick mode, just, <laughs> you know, having breakfast as his his servants are cleaning up the blood pools. Yeah. And, From his wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, get another one. The one big divergence that is hinted, I kind of want to happen because then it removes even more Greyjoy dicker, dickishness, <laughs> whatever her name is now, <laughs> going to save Theon. Yara. Yeah. yeah, never happened. 
No. Nobody cared. The best part of that scene was Balon going, he doesn't have a dick. He's not my son. <laughs> he is no man. Yeah. yeah. You know, but then to have her go off, I'm like, well, it never happened, but maybe it will, because then we don't have to deal with damp hair and all that king making stuff and yeah. all I that think stuff. we'll still see damp hair and all those guys. Maybe, but the purpose of him. Sending, well, whatever, that's three books and five <laughs> seasons away, but it cuts out a lot of stuff that, to my mind, serves no purpose because yeah. all the conflict that's going on over there and all the all the, the drama of who's going to get there first, the dude from the desert, Griffin, was that his name? Huh? The dude from oh, the desert. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen any of that yet. Yeah, yeah. and I'm hoping we don't because th- that was a throwaway story <laughs> that almost made an entire book throwaway. So and, and the drama is who's going to get there first, yeah. the big fleet or the dude with the money. Well, hopefully we don't see the dude with the money because we don't really need the big fleet if Yara is going to save Theon. But I didn't really like that at all. Cause in the books, Yara just could care less. Yeah, she about was just totally she was just like, out for herself. Whatever. I'm the actual royalty here. I'm the one who's been here. I'm the one who's going to do it. So to her all of a sudden be like, oh, no, my brother. And yeah. be like the Stark kids. I just yeah. am like, Psh. Whatever, that's not going to happen. But I, I think they just want her to have a bigger role, I guess. And I don't know. But I do have to say, I have to give props up to the Lady Elena. Isn't that her name? The Tyrell grandmother. I yes, thought Elena, she yeah. was oh, awesome this she was year. Yep. I thought the actress did really well. I thought she was probably the best addition. All yep. And I think she was just, she was just played that role perfectly. And I think her and Marjorie both yep. did well. Yes. I think Marjorie, without being quite as openly conniving and cleavagey as she was last year did a really good job of starting to show the manipulation of joffrey yep and i think and she, therefore when i think she actually started to understand too what a bastard joffrey is yeah and i think that helped i think she actually had a little bit of fear at some points would but... you like to kill somebody too yeah uh... well, <laughs> it's either that or get beaten so sure line them up Why not? <laughs> no so I, I have to say that was probably my my favorite addition to the whole season was that lady the Tyrells I'd say Majorie is uh one of the characters that they changed quite a bit for me from the book that I actually like in the show I like what they did with her in the show because in the book you find her more naive more innocent the 14 year old child she's supposed to be right (laughs) and and that's the whole I mean it's it's the whole at least the way the major perception is is just she's kind of there and going through and she's a pawn and doing what she has to do for her family and yada yada in the show it's very much no i want to be the queen and she's very manipulative herself and and plays that role really well and is played joffrey so far and everything and and now we actually have a catalyst for cersei to truly be paranoid because she's paranoid about him in the books, and you kind of don't. It's a little bit of a disconnect. It's just like that's that's just Cersei not wanting anybody else to be anywhere near. But in the show, it's like no, you really should be concerned because mm-hmm. <laughs> she will take you out if she gets a chance. I think. <laughs> I mean, as usual, Peter Dinklage delivered all his lines really well as Tyrion, but I think Cersei had the best line of the season when they were at the feast and. Marjorie calls her sister, and after that conversation, and if you ever call me sister again, I will have you strangled in your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think the best scene out of the whole season was the musical chair 
when they were the small council was coming to meet with Taiwan mm, yes. the first time, and all you had was Tyrion just dragging that chair slowly <laughs> to the <laughs> end. I loved that. I think that was just that was good. That was the best uh, out of all year. I think, and Tyrion just did that perfectly. I think he. That was the one gripe I did have was all of a sudden now Cer- Cersei and Tyrion were sitting around basically being all chatty and brother and sister like at the last episode I think and sort of doing some planning and i just don't remember that happening it didn't but i mean i I do think in the books they keep going back and forth i mean the lannisters are very much here's our family but i really hate you but here's our family but you still suck and they do that back and forth in the books i think a lot but that particular conversation and that planning that they did yeah that actually never happened in the books but i think the counterpoint to that because i i felt the same way i'm like Tyrion has hearts to hearts with a variety of people, but never her, never her. (laughs) But then Tywin has the whole conversation, you know, and he's and Tyrion's like, well, when did you ever do anything for family that wasn't that wasn't serving you first when you lived? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I have no response to that. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) say? Yeah, you're right. All right. Now I have to convince a girl to sleep with me. All right. All right. Here we are, guys. This is the part I was talking about. You may want to drop out right here if you're not reading the books and or you don't really want to have any kind of idea or premonition about what could be coming in season four of Game of Thrones. So I hope you enjoyed what you were able to hear. Uh, if you stick around, hopefully you'll enjoy the rest. Thanks. Now, what do you, what do you guys think of Shay's turn? Because in the books, Shay is... Shay is very much out for herself. She doesn't really, I don't think, I mean, she. it's very pretty much well portrayed that she's not really in love with Tyrion. And she has no love for for Sansa at any any point. Well, she was never even a handmaiden for Sansa, so. No. But in the show, I mean, they've given her that complexity of, I really do care for Tyrion so much so that I'm not going to take the diamonds. I This is where I need to be. See, I didn't and get that. I, I did. And that she's actually said how much she loves Sansa. I mean, she has she she loves Sansa. She said she'd She'll die do any, for yeah, her. She'd die for Sansa. So she's playing everybody. Think so? I do. Uh-huh. I do. I think. I mean, when, so there's a bigger started, play than a bag full of diamonds uh, <laughs> for her. Yeah, for gold. I she mean, might not be married to Tyrion, but if she rides that horse long enough, she'll be the mistress <laughs> of the king. Well, and. I'm not giving anything away. She's actually with Tywin. Eventually. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that she's she's doing a bigger play than I think anybody. And I think yeah. she knows. And I think she's getting close to Tyrion just so she could use that again for Tywin. And so I think that's why I'm Hedging just her like, bets both ways. She is. I think a bag full of diamonds versus what Tywin's going to give her is... The kingdom. You know. Yeah, piddly. I mean... Yeah, but do you think Tywin is... Is that way with her? It's like, oh, yeah, you stay with me. You'll be. I mean, because we're talking about Tywin. He's just like, all right, whore, get out of I, We've done our thing. You've got your payment. Move along. He doesn't have any attachment. Right. He, no. he, he's not He's not trying to woo her and like she would Tyrion. Know that. See, that she was the know. one part of the book that I think he diverged from everybody's character was where she, where Tyrion finds her in bed, in Tywin's bed, goes up to Tywin's room. And Shay's there. That Tywin has always been portrayed as so faithful, to, to my mind, so faithful even beyond death. 
well, beyond the wife's death, um, <laughs> that I that just seemed like a contrivance on on his part to have have Shane bed. Yeah, with him. I was a little in the book. It didn't click right with me either, but it was a way to take care of two but characters. But when they, but yeah, when they talk about it later and they say, you know, it was Tywin just kind of screwing with Tyrion more yeah. when they when you kind of look at it in that see, light it, it makes more sense with this character saying Cersei. see this is what you get for falling in love with a whore I thought that was just Cersei trying to kind of reclaim the awesome memory of Tywin the the perfect no I, see, yeah. I always took it as Tywin was just that much of a bastard and yeah. he just didn't want Tyrion even to have that little bit of ounce of happiness yep. and so I'm gonna screw with him once more by taking his whore and then yeah. promising her riches because he knows that's the only way he's gonna mm. do it so I I think that was all Tywin being a bastard yeah. I found her a lot more sympathetic in the book I Shay, I, did too. I, mean, I I just didn't think of her as being quite that conniving I mean she, she's a bit annoying. I think yeah. sometimes on the series where yeah. I'm just like, quit your whining. Mm-hmm. You know what you're you're in for. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you're lucky to get the position you have. I guess. You're yeah, the, she's a lot more pouty in the show. She yeah. is. I mean, because she even. I mean, it basically, she didn't care that. Again, she, she, there wasn't this whole emotional connection that we're that they're trying to put into the show because she was very much yeah. You go with her. She was you put a, you realistic. put a kid in her belly, but then you come sleep with me. Yeah, you know, and and that was actually one of the things I think Tyrion was like, well, why doesn't this bother you more? Because he was in love. Yeah, you know, he had convinced himself that he was in love, and that this See, this this up where they did the bag of diamonds with Varys, and and then earlier in the season where she had the little bonding moment with Roz. Mm-hmm. they both failed for me because I think you're right. They're trying to make her a little bit more sympathetic in the books such that when she meets her demise, maybe there'll be sympathy for her. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, it, I think both of those kind of failed at trying to make her more sympathetic. Because in the book, she's just a realist. She's yeah. just like, I, yeah. you know, I know what I am. I know my place in the world and I know it's not going to change. And, and I'm going to use what do I what got. You gotta, yeah. yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not buying her relationship with Sansa at all. I just mm-hmm. don't. I think. It, so I'm sort of sick of poor Sansa. Like every little <laughs> thing, it's like can, she might have a smile on her face. Like her and Tyrion finally had like this nice little inner. Oh, but we slaughtered your brother. Exactly. <laughs> it's like God. <laughs> this well, I have always maintained through all eighteen thousand pages of book and three seasons now she's the only character more useless than Daenerys <laughs> Sansa yes I see a bigger picture for her I would like to yeah. I have seen the same picture I have seen the drawings <laughs> but he refuses to follow through on anything I kind of think the same thing about her as I do with Daenerys it's like they're just so early in their journey that we just don't know what they're going to become. <laughs> well, I think well, I, Sam, <laughs> I, I always felt more sympathetic towards Sansa because here yeah. she is. She's stuck in Joffrey's kingdom. She knows well, yeah. even like if she blinks wrong, she's going to be, you know, hung up. And she started off as that way. Exactly. And, and he did that well. But both in the books and on TV, he's had quite a lot of time to give the character something else. And when he finally takes her to the airy. I'm like, okay, we can do something here. She's going to become, she's going to be under the pseudonym, but she's still going to be Sansa Stark, and we're going to have, you know, the second Stark daughter, Vengeance, working on it. No, 
She, I'm just still going to continue to be the dumb, confused girl. Oh, yeah. He can't write women. But that's part of... Well, no, I, I, I think Arya is really well written. Because he's think, a writing a boy. But I, well, I think the problem is, is you see how Catelyn has probably had more influence on Sansa's upbringing and what she should have been done, what, what Arya should have been in that time period or whatever we are in this world where the women are supposed to be all, you know, like Daenerys even where it's like, oh no, we need other people to rescue us and help us. We can't help ourselves, mm-hmm. which is why I get really annoyed with Danny. Sansa, I feel like just hasn't had that revelation yet that she has that power to do something mm-hmm. for herself. And that's and- what I was expecting when she finally went to the area with Littlefinger and, you know, started to have to deal with, well, what's his name? The 10-year-old breastfeeder and the crazy woman. Yeah. <laughs> but that still ended up just turning out to be Littlefinger, uh, Littlefingering, you know, and she's still just... Okay, but what's yeah. Martin's theme? Wait for it. Yeah. Wait but, see, for well, it. that's kind of what I think. I mean, I think eventually the later chapters for Sansa are intriguing to me because she is starting to pick up the little finger from the books and, and mm-hmm. how he plays the game and all that stuff. So I think, or I hope there is going hope, to be yes. that twist where she's learned, you know, the, the uh, student and the teacher thing where she's learned enough from little finger and what's involved in it that she can put that to her own use. I just think she's spent so much time being molded by so many different people yeah. along the way. Cause she's just trying to, survive in her little environment and she's so young and all that good stuff that hopefully this is the one that sticks and now she does have she does get the tools she needs going forward in the series to uh surprise us i guess and become a character on her own well i think she you really start seeing that when she starts manipulating the breastfeeding kid and how she's the only one that can calm him down (laughs) and she's the only one and i think and she, I think in her interplay, she starts realizing her own power to manipulate this kid and how that she can use that to her advantage. Mm-hmm. And she figures and, out, if you make yourself useful. Well, especially since he's the heir to the kingdom, yes. I think she's going to start to really use that to her advantage, even to sort of overpower Littlefinger eventually. Anybody else that you guys are impressed with? Either the changes made onto the screen to, to become a part of the show or just in general the the way they were portrayed matches what you thought in the show. Davos. I love Davos. I really am. I don't even in the early parts when he was first introduced, it was so I couldn't grasp onto that character until about book four or five. I think when he really comes to play and I think the show is really done well. I really like the guy who plays him. I love that little exchange he had with Gendry about them both grown up in the wherever, except I hate I hate how they were like, prove it to me. Well, I had to step over this what poop stream. <laughs> it was like <laughs> um, they couldn't have just said the house next to me had a red door, <laughs> you know. But I really, really like Davos. I like how he's sort of he's like a Ned Stark to me. They sort of have this like true North that they keep pointing to. That they both have might have done some bad things in the past, but they still know in their hearts this is right. Like even when Stannis is saying, you know, is it better to have this one kid die than a hundred thousand people? And he's like, no, it's not. I mean, that's what happens. And I think that's sort of it was nice to hear. Yeah, he has integrity. Yeah, which there's a lot of in the <laughs> stories. It's because they die. Integrity means death. True. True. <laughs> no, that is the wrong thing. To- <laughs> In the end, I hope not. <laughs> Somebody has to be standing. I view him more as the fool. Well, not the fool, but Shakespeare always has the jester or the fool who, who survives to tell the tale. Yep. 
And that's how I view him. That's a good... That, I like that. Very good analogy. I don't think he's going to end up in power, but he's going to be the one that's left to tell the tale. He's going to survive. Yeah. And I, I like Sam well. I do too. He's... Well, we were talking this morning, and there's I'm like... Only like four good people. Yeah, I'm, there's, there's, there's three and a half... He, GRRM has always said he's not writing high fantasy. You know, he says the hero, who you might think is the hero, can die. Yeah, People die. It's not high fantasy. The trials will kill people. Fair enough. But he has not said he's just going to be outright cruel and just give you a deus ex ending. To my mind, there's only three and a half characters that I think have a chance to make it all the way to the end of those that are still alive. And that's Sam, Brienne, Arya, and maybe Jamie. That's Davos? And Davos. Well, yeah, but he's just going to tell the tale. I mean, oh, okay. make it to the end and maybe oh. rule or end up better than they are right now. Yeah, the characters that haven't been introduced yet. Because I think there's a couple that are coming that are... Well, no, that's mm-hmm. like right up to the end of the of dance. That's that's my oh, okay. that's my prediction. Jordan at allisgeeks.com. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think John has a good chance of surviving, but uh, did you read the fifth book? <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, I, I don't I, believe that what we're no, left with no, is no. actually how it's going to end. But I think he is also a Davosian character in that he knows his role yes. and he's happy at the wall. Yeah. I think, yeah, even yeah. in the books, he has stayed away the whole time from being, from Stannis saying, you know, I am, I'm one of the kings, so I can make you legitimate. And he yeah. has straight stayed devoutly away from that. So I, I think it would be a, a bad change of character for Martin to say, but now I'll, I'll be king. Well, no. one of the things, has anybody, I don't think anybody's actually told John in the books yet that he's a true, he's been made a true Stark. That's true. Yeah. That has not happened. I don't think anybody's because that was one of the last things Rob did before he went to the wedding. Mm-hmm. But That's it's a right. matter of who totally. tells him that, you know, because right now it's we don't know if what we don't see is if Rob sent out anything to make that declaration widely known or where they were going. Because, or was it just the tent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was so as of right now. John has, you know, because John's always done that conflict too. Am I a Stark? I'm not a Stark. I'm not really a Stark. I'm at the wall now. Um, And then, you know, the whole individuals at the wall have kind of pulled him into, you know, this is your family now. And and he started to buy into that. But I'm wondering what would happen if some the point comes when somebody actually approaches him and says, by the way, you're you're a Stark now. But, you know, you're on the wall, so you can't really have the name anyway. Well, and then you're going to have Bran going, well, actually, you know, you're only part Stark, and it's not the male part. It's only the female part. And, but we're not going to go there yet. Well, I don't think Bran is going to. Huh? Only the female part. Yeah, because no. it's Ned's Try that sister. again. No, it was no. Ned's son. Ned's bastard No, I son. know. <laughs> yeah. But isn't so the. that would be male That's the male line. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that. It, isn't John actually the child of Lyanna and Rhaegar Targaryen? Well, I think that's the commonly that's held belief. One okay. rumor. Yeah. Well, yes. that's the way I, I'm starting to read it. <laughs> no, when Bran yeah. was having those, you know, memories through the tree and whatever, I think I mean, I think eventually at least maybe I'm hoping that's what's mm-hmm. gonna end up happening. But 
but he's worked Bran into such an isolated story that eventually he's just going to be the tree. I don't see a bright yeah. future for Bran. <laughs> You know, you don't? I don't. What about Rickon? <laughs> and that'll be. Does George even know if Rickon is still alive? Yeah. He's on I the think island it's 2, of two thousand pages. With, with <laughs> you know, have you seen enough inter- interviews with? Have you seen any interviews with mm-hmm. George? Isn't it? It's amazing to me that he actually has fans that he reaches out to to find out what's going on in his series. Like, did I? I need a second cousin. Did I ever mention a second cousin? What color is this character's eye? You know, all that kind of stuff. So he's got like that one fan site that people he just that crowdsources his books. That's true. <laughs> and then he's already like made two major mistakes in the books. Well, not major, but one of them was really my well, it's a horse changed sex, but <laughs> but it's a horse. Well, the, okay. And there was another one that he changed the eye color of somebody or whatever, but. It's but, just, it's kind of funny though. That it's like the writer, I'm just, just typing along. It's like, hey, hey, by the way, what's the name of that character I wrote a while back? Yeah, in but, terms of. But part of that is the editing process. And can you imagine those poor editors who are like, we've been uh, waiting six years for this book and now they want it out on the shelf next week? I got a week <laughs> to edit this thing. I'm not going to care if the eye color changed on the horse. Well, no, yeah. I'm not putting it on. I'm just saying this. George himself yeah. has stated many times, I've got to call up these guys every once in a while and, and just confirm what I used, what I wrote previously. <laughs> we were talking about characters that we like the casting of, and I think the season pod has been really awesome. Yeah. Podrick Payne. <laughs> yeah, they've done some interesting things with him. He At first, I, I wasn't sure because they didn't really give him the whole fumbling, mumbling kind of... You know, like the very kinda. quiet, a little bit, but not quite as much. But then they kind of, they've used him a little bit for comic relief. And of course, the biggest comic relief is the whorehouse incident, yeah. <laughs> which actually was kind of, kind of, for well, yeah. for a secondary character, that worked and it was kind of, kind of funny. But I think assuming they continue on with Pod as a worthwhile character next season or right. the season after that, where if they keep Brienne around and they go off together, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they've set him up good to be uh a good companion to Brienne for a bit. Who does Bronn marry again? Bron- Nobody oh, of uh, note. It was just like a nameless lady, right? No, well, it, it wasn't it was nameless. Some lord, it was, yeah, he became a lord. Remember, yeah. Yeah, well, he, they gave him the castle. Well, they lorded him, but then he had to marry somebody to get the castle. Wasn't that it? I thought right. he, he, married, he had, like, he had to marry. He had to marry. Didn't he marry the? Uh, wasn't he? Did did he marry the one that that got uh, raped in the? Yes. In the riot yes. or whatever that's uh, not in the books like or not in the show. And she became very quiet and nobody... So he married her to get the title. And then, yeah, because eventually he, they, they go after him and he kills whoever yeah. comes yeah. after him or whatever. But I believe that's who it was, I thought. Yeah, but she was not like a main character. No, she's not a main a major character. character I mean. But she was prominently talked about in sections of the book. But no, she's not like a here's my chapter kind of character. Wait, for some reason, I was thinking it was like Stannis' daughter. No. Deformed daughter. And... No, Shireen cool. is still like just a little kid. Yeah, that's why I threw. Her. I've liked her this season. She was what good. little bit we've seen of her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. At first, good. you didn't. Uh, I didn't like. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's, what's her name? Cels his wife. Yes. Has she even been on this season? She was briefly, and it was the whole when he confessed to being. With oh yeah, that was the whole. You do whatever uh, you yeah. gotta do yeah, for the right you, guy. You, yeah, yeah. You uh, you do what you gotta do, and that that whole thing was not in the books. I didn't care for that too much. But yeah, and it was just a 
hi, I, I'm married, by the way. Again, hi, these are the Greyjoys, by the way. <laughs> They're still here. <laughs> hi. Stannis has a wife. Yes, he's been cheating. <laughs> but it's for a good cause. Well, wasn't it's not a, cheating if she says to go do it for the greater good. I was gonna say, well, in the books, isn't she part of the reason why the they started? Yeah, she brought the red guy. Yeah, she brought the red. Yeah, right. She's the so, fanatic, she's, yeah. and he's just very. But again, you don't get this whole. I mean, it might be kind of alluded to, but you don't get the they're having sex, and you don't get you know you definitely don't get the beach thing where it's like don't leave. Why don't give me another child? You know clinging on to Melisander uh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And you don't get him going, I, I, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that's just the part where Stannis kind of bothers me a little bit, his portrayal. Oh, uh, I remember one thing else that really bothered me. The whole Ygritte and John storyline. Because, I mean, in the book, it's like, this is a love story. And they just sort of like, oh, yep, they're together. That's it, and now they're leaving. I just, I mean, the longing eye looks, yeah, that's great. But you got all that in the last step. <sighs> yeah. I just, he lo- she loved him. That was obvious. No, I know and, that, but. And he showed, she showed it by not killing him. Messed him up real bad, <laughs> but Pepper cried as he rode away. I'm going to almost He's... kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, hey. Again, I know it's an editing thing, and I know that it cut it back, but I just. See, I didn't bo- that didn't bother me at all, uh, and guys. no, and the way <laughs> no. the way it played, no, because they showed all that with what they had, and the, yeah. in fact, they did more than they did in the books because there was never this "I love you" exchange, and there was never this him protecting her when they when the, he attacked the wildlings or her trying to help protect him. All of that was added stuff for for the show to kind of show that off. It wasn't actually done in the books. In fact, what is it? He took an arrow to the leg escaping and cuz he's an adventurer. Yeah. <laughs> and in his in his mind, he's kind of like I think I think that was Yegret that shot me cuz he didn't actually get to see who yeah. shot him, yeah. but he's pretty pretty convinced that he pissed her off enough that she was the one that <laughs> let the arrow fly because he wasn't, you know, truly with the wildlings. I don't think there was a lot of that in the books either where it was like I know that you still think you're you're one of them, but you're with me now, so we've got to be together. We got to protect each other kind of thing. I just I sort of remember more, but maybe it's just because it was from John's point of view, I believe, in the book. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I'm there's just more internalizing his struggle of these new feelings with for you grip versus his vow and all that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's do favorite scene from the season. I already said it. The scene at the small council table, Tyrion dragging that chair. Right. I loved it. Sarah, I would say I like pretty much any of the scenes from the small council, the chair dragging, and then this last one where they were talking about you know Joffrey's in there being himself and. <laughs> And the threatening, and I, I just like the back and forth of the the small council. I got a kick out of that, and I like, and I like the scenes with Samwell, of course, just because I like him, and I I liked the scenes uh, in the north. I like the Iceland landscape. Okay, you just said about everything. <laughs> just and then I liked that one part, and then the other part, and sorry. on the red wedding, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Jordan, taking a box. <laughs> Oh, sure. Now you're using it. Before you didn't even know what I was talking about. (laughs) I knew, but... I did. (laughs) I think I'm going to go with the Red Wedding overall. I think that was just a great 
scene. Great played out, even with the part that was missing in my mind that could have made it even a little bit better. That scene, minus Caitlyn's Darth Vader moment. No! (laughs) Stop. (laughs) No! All right, so let's see. Let's do uh, let's do a little wrap up here. How about is there something that you are looking forward to or hope they include in season four? Yes, Sarah. Mammoths. Mammoths. <laughs> mammoths. Just mammoths, huh? Yeah. As long as they flash one on the screen, you're good. <laughs> yes. This is the best season ever. Yes. Uh-huh. Don't know oh, why yeah. it was in Pentos, but <laughs> they didn't do. There's a mammoth. Yeah, they didn't do naked giants, so <laughs> yet. We also, time. Well, they showed the giants with clothes. Yeah, they. I no, I am anxious to see the the mammoths and yeah, the, see uh, all the wildlings and all the the attack on the wall or whatever. Actually, a decent man's radar versus oh hey, I'm yeah. Mance. I'm the king yeah. of the north or king. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, king, king beyond, beyond the wall. King beyond, king beyond the, wall. the wall. Yep. Our whole yeah. like, two seconds with him, <laughs> and it's like eh. right. Yeah. Now get gone. You're, you're legendary <laughs> for that. No. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, I want to see. Better byplay between uh, Arya and the Hound, and I'd like to see uh, Dondarrion come back and be useful, but I don't think they can given the chronology they're using. Yeah, Megan, I'm really looking forward to Joffrey's wedding um, <laughs> and the reception. I'm sorry, the reception. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I'm really sort of interesting. I am interested to see how they're gonna now that Jamie's gonna be in the city during all this. How that's gonna interplay with. It. Mm-hmm. Um, that all that fun stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, that that's actually a third one for me. Not not so much how that wedding is going to happen, but how Jamie and Cersei are going to go go on the outs. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting, yeah, to see if if some of the same things still play out. Well, I think it will because the last scene they gave him was her staring at his stump. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my oh. beautiful brother. Oh. <laughs> I know, but most of him. <laughs> you know, when he comes back, it's. It's at a certain point, and they have sex in a very inappropriate place. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk Well, they are off. brother and sister. Pretty yeah. much anywhere. Is. Well, that's, that's, that's true. But even for them. Touché. Well, they have inappropriate sex in an inappropriate <laughs> place. <laughs> in an inappropriate manner, too. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to the Joffrey wedding as well oh, for no. episode nine. That will be episode nine, the... Uh, yeah. Well, see, that's yeah. that's where I'm wondering <laughs> what they're going to do, do in, you know, because depending on how they block it out, yeah, you could go to that as the penultimate, the the, the less red wedding as, as Ep9, but there's a lot of stuff that they kind of have to shift around if they're going to really wait. Yeah. You know, oh, I that think- I think happens no no later than mid yeah. but yeah. I, I think they'll be able to do that with the wall i think they'll be able to because once stannis that's gets true. to the wall and all that stuff but oh, i forgot oh the they gotta thing. go through the war at the wall first before oh yeah stannis that's true i forgot about that yeah, the wildlings have to attack and all that good stuff well is this the one where is this the end of the book where danny gets taken away with her dragon by her dragon or is that later on no it's that the end of fire. the fifth book yeah <sighs> yeah <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of Danny to go. Yeah. Long, long oh, time. That's right. She has her, she has her the Daria and, and yeah. Yeah, she's got the whole Daria thing. She's got the whole uh, you know secret society plotting against her in the uh, city. The betrayal. Yeah, the well, betrayal. I'm glad they ha- they've given up on the the mystic, or, or I, I should say, the prophecy of you know yeah. the dragon with three heads, and so three betrayals, and 
So maybe they will ignore that, um, you know. But when they she sends away Jora and Selmy both and, eh, to prove themselves in the sewers. I'm hoping for more Arya. Arya needs a lot more screen time yep. this next season and uh, give her some more development and get her on her way so that we can split the party even more. <laughs> if by the end of the season she's not on a boat, then I'll be disappointed. She will be. And as always, just Tyrion. Just Tyrion. It's <laughs> the best part. It's true. I, I do really like his interplay with Tywin, though. I think that those two actors do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Well, Charles Dance is a great speaker. The dude that plays yeah. Tywin. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, yeah, that should probably about do it for us. <laughs> uh, thanks for checking this out. Again, uh, you can catch us on the regular podcast at allusgeeks.com. And I'm Jeff King. I'm the Canadian. I'm Megan. I'm Sarah. Thanks for listening. Thank you.